you know, if you see it, it's the way it goes. This way would be immediate, takes no time whatsoever, because you are that. Wanting to be that from somewhere else can go on forever, yeah? So here, it's like, you see what you're not, or like the old netty netty, not this, not that. Or like in some people would say, you know, they describe recovery, what it's not. Or like a sponsor is what it's not. Not a bank, not a fucking therapy, therapist, not a this, not a that. So that you can get to the point of, well, what is it, see? So by seeing what things aren't, you get to see what things are. Yeah, just the way it goes here. So here, you are what you're looking for, but then this, yeah, so here it's very clear, but then there's an identification of something that's looking out, yeah. So now this becomes the starting point, and then what you are becomes a goal that this is inexorably hoping it's moving towards and trying to speed up the process, yeah. But it doesn't realize all of its movements puts, keeps moving this, yeah, out. And then sometimes it's tantalizingly close, and then you think, I got it, and then sh it's out, you know, like an epiphany. An epiphany sort of occurs, it intervenes on this whole story, but then when the story regroups, which it will if time continues, it says, I'm having an epiphany. So, so <laughs> now it's, because now you've realized an epiphany hasn't done it. You thought it would, you know, you said five. And then you think, if I have five epiphanies, it's got to be five. You know, my lucky number, five. All right, so if I get five epiphanies, it's got to break through, and I'll be there completely as I think I am to enjoy it. But then it fails, obviously. And so the hope, the hope blinds us to the facts of what's happening. And the more it's you as what you're not looking for what you are, the more time and obstacles and vigilance and maintenance become uh, important words, so to speak, yeah? Because basically, again, you're attempting to maintain what you're not on a certain level that maybe it's of, uh, affordable or available to what you are, yes? So this is, to for this to even get close to being what it is as what it's not, there's gotta be insane vigilance <laughs> every second because every second it's leaking out. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much stuff you put on here, it's, it's coming out. It's not like, vigil, I gotta watch, the thief is living in the house. <laughs> when you meet it, you call it me. <laughs> and then so when the silverware is missing, you have to make up a story. Like, fuck, how did, where's this? This is where you have to rationalize why you haven't arrived yet. With the hopes that that will keep the, the hope growing for its arrival. Yeah, because, oh, well, it's because of this, it's because of that, and because of this. But then they run out, hopefully. And you're left with your own devices. And hope you see, hope you, hopefully there's a seeing they're not your devices. So you realize, Jesus, I've been relying on something that I'm not to arrive at where I am, yeah? Which is adding all the space and the time involved in the situation. So you immediately, that whole, this whole thing, when it's like this, there's no, takes no time, 
you see there's no way, there's no need to look for what's seen, yeah? Because you're not what's being seen, yes? So you're not trying to look from here to see. There's a, there's a, <laughs> the whole idea of looking gets disrupted and then there's just seeing. And then it's usually uh, comes with, it's always been this way. There was never not a moment that the seeing wasn't seen. And then you realize, really, in hindsight, that it was the looking for it, which was the, the, the blindness to it, yeah? Because you were using what's seeing to look for itself. And some great masters, you can see it. It's sprinkled in a lot of spirituality. There's some really beautiful nuggets where they try to get to this point, you know, like the greatest mystery is reality, you know, wanting to attain reality. You know, what the hell could that happen? That's what interests me. I believe completely that it can happen, but I do believe it seems to be happening. See, it appears to what's real that it's not real, <laughs> or it's not real enough, let's say, or it's not ultimately real, or it's not authentically real. There's some bit of it real, but there's a whole lot that it has to get through to get to the real, real me, yeah? I can see that. So there's a, so to what's real, it's appearing that it isn't. So therefore, it makes sense for it to want to attain reality because it has a certain like a you know a sense or a scent of that because it is real. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it has a vague sense of its presence. <laughs> so it sort of goes well, and so now there's that itch. And this is what this is the real one of the real robberies, because then you have a noble or you have a sincere desire to know the truth, but it's co-opted, because the truth is always available at all times. So now it gets co-opted by what you're not, and the sincere desire mutates into an obstruction. Really, your own desire to see obstructs the seeing, and it's a real uh, rude awakening when that hits you because there's been a lot, you, as what you're not, has invested a lot of time and effort, and to realize the futility of it all, uh, the mental state doesn't want to acknowledge that. Yeah, it wants to, oh, let's forget that and keep on keeping on, because it's getting a lot out of looking for you. <laughs> it's getting a whole identity as a spiritual seeker, and that identity is working well all the attention and interest is on it. Yeah, that's all it wants. It's like a starving plant. Yeah, that never gets the sun. It has to get a reflection of the sun, which is in our attention and interest. And we're manicuring and cultivating it and smoking it all day, this plant, right? It's the obsession with self. <laughs> so it doesn't really want to admit, you know, what is obviously there to be admitted. Hey. You know, I don't inherently exist. Yeah, so therefore there's a collapse and you call it a rude awakening from its point of view. It's a rude awakening. Because it realizes all the cha-ching arises. Fucking trips to India, cha-ching. 13 hours a day meditating in Thailand, cha-ching. And it's like, there's a, hey, I put a lot of effort into this. I ain't gonna give it up now, even though I've seen the futility of effort. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all based on the idea of 
the old, we used to use a, an example, the skin and the snake, you know. So skin and the snake, two points of view of the same event, and the event is molting, yeah. So every year the snake, it's, it sounds like it's doing it, but it's a, there's a molting of the skin. The snake's not, I'm going to molt today. <laughs> it can't get itself out of its own skin. <laughs> I'm molting. <laughs> Sit down 13 hours of molting. Probably the skin will have more adherence than ever. <laughs> it's an event that's observed. It probably doesn't even observe it, but we can observe it. So here's the skin, and every year the skin snake falls off. For what? For the betterment of the snake, to prolong its life. But let's say the skin thinks it's the snake. Yeah? So the skin is identified as the snake. And so the skin has a memory, a memory of the last time the snake, the skin molted. The snake continued, <laughs> but the skin didn't. So the skin is very afraid of the molting because it reveals something to the snake that it's not the skin. Yeah? where the whole story of the skin is that it's the snake. So there's, it's got a lot of investment to keep the snake believing, you can't live without me, yeah? I mean, a huge amount. And a lot of times, a lot of people, one of the statements in recovery when you come in is, you gotta be willing to save your ass instead of your face. But usually the dilemma is you think your face is your ass. So in this sense, the snake's thinking it's the skin, and its whole strategy is, is to survive as the skin. Mm -hmm. So if the snake itself is, is, uh, is working towards the skin's continuance, yes? Mm -hmm. Because it's identified as it. Mm -hmm. so, this, so here's the event, so the molting starts to occur. The skin, just he's the first noticing of it, it tells the snake, Hey, buy a lot of moisturizer. <laughs> Slather that fucking moisture on it. Don't go out in the noonday sun and watch out for that rock because it doesn't want to get snagged because it's just coming off. So, so from the skin's point of view, it's like uh, Armageddon, you know? It's the end of the skin and its whole story of being the whole snake. From the snake's point of view, it's hallelujah because it's going to get new skin, which is lighter, so it's going to travel lighter. It's gonna, it's much more attractive to the female snake, so it's gonna get what it wants more with this old new skin than the old, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't have to worry about, it's so smooth, it doesn't get snagged on rocks. So it's a win-win for the snake. So from the snake's point of view, it's hallelujah. From the skin's point of view, it's Armageddon. Now, most of us, there's been an addiction to listening to the skin's point of view. It has the audience in most cases, yeah. Silence doesn't really yell out its message, so to speak. It just is. The snake has the big fucking bullhorn, the skin, I mean. So it's, watch out. <laughs> so most people, when these events are, event, are happening, side with the skin. They do. I've watched it here many times. It's not them, it's the head. The head always sides with the skin. Yeah, the head. The head that we're relying on, the source of the narration of our whole day and our whole freaking life and our future life as an action figure or as the snake. And, de and we've depended on it, even though it's totally unreliable to be depended on by, and if you have any question of that, just look where you are. You know, a Labrador has more fun on Saturday than we do. <laughs> it does. I mean, she's a 
yeah. freaking everything gets so complicated and we've been injected with so much belief in time we can't even enjoy a moment because we're afraid it won't be the same the next moment to me that's just slavery really i mean can you imagine sitting here and being co-opted by yesterday and tomorrow so completely the here doesn't have a huge influence on you that something's off there don't you think can you imagine that you're here and against your better interest you're in a state of withholding yourself from saturday because a last saturday wasn't good enough and you're thinking today you know what i mean and then having that if you can you want to take it as a day or as a month and then get it to the each seeming moment there's basically a huge hump of, of withholding that you sort of got to get over because you're basically looking at this moment in a, in a compar with a comparative lens you're just thinking this is fucking nothing's happening and why i need this to be promoting me to a bigger better moment there's what is that but slavery yeah. really in other words, you're your own slave master in a sense. You don't need chains. You don't need fucking any threat. You're just on it yourself. You're, you know, you're, you're on the path to the trough and there's no water in the trough. I mean, on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And we're even judging it as a race and people are getting there ahead of you. Or other cows are getting there ahead of you. And <laughs> but basically, they're not coming back with much. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so this is the whole thing the narrative has a point of view which presented through the language that we're hearing up there yes we're hearing it in English and English because my friend is from Italy English is a real big like personal pronoun uh, possessive type doership language it's constantly implying you have a lot to do with nothing you have to do with yeah by my, there's a lot of my like, oh, can you uh, pass that basket? Uh, can you pass uh, your basket? It's always ownership of shit all day. Yeah, and in, in, in Italian, they don't have it as much. So it's funny. And it's funny how, how hypnotic that can be if you're listening to it all day huh. and seemingly every day. It's basically has lulled you into a vertical sleep. Yeah, you're seemingly walking around, but you're really out to an imaginary lunch. Aren't you? Really? You know what I mean? And you basically live life reading menus. You don't get fucking any real nutritious experience in a way. You just oh, I and I saw it once. I was in ba in Burma in a long time ago, and there's a wonder of a world there called Pagan. It's got about. 5,000 Buddhist temple sites on this giant arid plain next to the Irrawaddy River in Burma. Unbelievable place. I went, took a, it's there in 95. Blew my mind. So you could just ride all day and go to different temples, all dirt roads, and beautiful architecture. 300 years of building by the civilization. They learned about Buddhism from the south. They killed the king of the south, took all his monks and books, brought it to the north, and then they just fucking idolized Buddhism for 300 years, built every fucking temple. So here I am sitting on a, a little stupor, you know, it's cool, and, uh, and you'd sit on one and watch the sunset because it would go down behind all these spires and it would just be a wild view, all over, just beautiful 
thing. So some one day this big cloud of dust came, was coming around, big tourist bus, arrived at the place where we were sitting, yeah, pulled up, all these tourists got out, walked right up in front of the building, turned around to the bus driver, he took a couple pictures, got back in, and went off. Now when they go home, they're gonna say they were at that temple, but were they really at the temple? <laughs> they have evidence they were at the temple, and to me, in a sense, that was sufficient for them. They didn't need the experience, they had pictures. Well, what is memories? What are memories? There's picturing of you in the past, and we're relying on that to such a point where it seems to be the collateral we're more interested in than what's actually happening. So I can prove I've had a life, look at all these fucking pictures, but basically, like we say in recovery, you know, people have too many years and not enough days. So they've got pictures of 40 years of sobriety, but they're not fucking awake to being awake. They're still scared and, and super worried and concerned. That should have gone over. That should have been diminished, you know, after a few years of being under the influence of the spirit, I would say. Yeah. So this whole idea that we're speaking about, it can't, it's not like any other topic because the topic is about us but it arrives there by negating everything we're not. So non-duality isn't like, it's not like ultimate oneness, that would be trying to affirm what we are. I think they realize that doesn't work. So what it did is they called it non-duality, which means not to, because they realized in the act of being identified as what you're not, if you keep hearing descriptions which cannot be able to describe what we are, but people try, if we're listening to descriptions of what we are from what we're not, it doesn't go anywhere. It just reinforces what you're not. Now you have conceptual ideas of what you are. I'm everything, I'm, but it doesn't have any weight. You know, it's just fluff, yeah? Fluff that actually, <laughs> you can't breathe under it, really, yeah? I guess, oh. I've seen what awakening, the idea of awakening and enlightenment has done to people in groups like this. It just, it just causes suffering. They, uses, they use the idea of the cessation of all suffering to produce suffering. I'm not enlightened, why is he enlightened? I've been at more meetings, I sat closer than Babaji than him. What happened, why, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just, that which is supposed to be getting ease and comfort is being used to aggravate even more. It's a perfect illustration of when what you're not hears about what it is. That's exactly what happens. It doesn't become a smoothing, pacifying sense of inherent, I'm already that, okayness. It sort of like aggravates it even more because now it has th other things it can never measure up to. Fucking. How am I ever, you know, awakeness? Come on, I thought I was doing pretty good just being two levels above a coconut. Now awakeness? How the hell am I going to arrive there? You know what I mean? So the whole, the, the journey, the, the port from which you're living is erroneous. Because if you're looking for what you are, yeah, I'm here to tell you it's found. <laughs> it's never been lost. You are what you're looking for. And there's that old story by Ramana, and it's older than Ramana, it's the old 
It's a perfect example. I wish I had it because he goes into an incredible point where he talks about that which is being hoped to be realized is always realized. It's, in other words, it's inherently available. Yeah? It's always realized. That which is realized is always realized. There's no when it's not realized and then it becomes realized. It's always realized. And he uses an old story about a lady has a beautiful necklace and then, quote unquote, she loses the necklace. Yeah? And it's, she's really bummed out. Her life seems to have taken a spin spiraling down. And then she starts asking people to help her find the necklace and she joins with some people. They have no success. They're looking everywhere. They fucking, you know, going over the history of when the necklace was there and what happened. And then they realize they're not, it's not working. So then they hear a story about a guy or it could be a woman who swears that they found the necklace, a necklace, not hers, but they did find a lost necklace. So they start going to the meetings and they listen to the person speak about, oh, well, this is how it happened to me. I found it, da, 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 da. And then they sign up, you know, and every month they practice how to find the necklace and on and on and on and on and on. Then another person sees her and says, hey, listen, Ron, just feel around your neck. And she feels around the neck. And suddenly this is her exact re reaction is, I found the necklace. Now, did she actually find the necklace? Because it had always been around the neck. She had never lost the necklace, yeah? So did she actually find the necklace? Her experience is, I found the necklace because her experience was she lost it the necklace. The experience isn't factual. It doesn't have to be because we're the dreaming of the dreaming. So if we believe something is missing, it will seem to be missing, even though it ain't missing. It can seem to be missing. And if there's a huge investment in being right about what you're dreaming, it can really, really seem to be missing. <laughs> so the point is, isn't to find the necklace <laughs> because it's never been lost. And the funny thing is, when she thought she lost it, she was bummed out. And when she thought she found it, she was exalted. But she didn't actually find it, nor did she lose it. So who the hell was making up the experiences? The, the finding of the necklace did not produce the experience because it had never been lost. The losing of the necklace didn't experience those, didn't create the experience of months of being bummed out because it was never lost. She was, yeah. She's the dreaming of the dreaming. She herself is dreaming, the dreaming. And we're dreaming that that which can't be lost is lost, and that which can't be found can be found. <laughs> and we'll go on, we'll go to a great lengths to be right. <laughs> just feel around the fucking neck. The necklace is there and you'll watch what you're not react to it. Oh, I found it. It has something to do with it. And see you're not that. And then see, following that slide, that you were not that which said you lost the necklace. Yeah? In other words, what you are is, t is resting in complete assurance that the necklace was never lost or found. What you're not is in the constant anxiety Things can be lost and then hopefully found, only to be lost again. Yeah. Which one would you rather rely on? I mean, really. 
For something to have value, it has to be able to be lost. <laughs> it's got to be rare or infrequent. Yet the most value of all value is always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement to necessary to meet it. That's why the mental state puts no value in it. <laughs> because it's always available at all times. The mental state cannot get a big reflection for what's always available at all times. It gets a reflection for, for looking for shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's imperative for it to be found all day, selfing, that which you are has to seem to be lost. It's just the way it goes. It says, for it to be actively affirmed what you're not, there's got to be firm in faith, right? For, for you to deny what you are, there must be a firm in faithness in what you're not. So you're not saying, oh, I'm in faith in, you know, all day. It's in place, yeah? We're in the active denial of what we are by the constant mental affirming of what we're not. To the point we maybe even start looking for what we are from what we're not. And then all these great masters come with the fucking, it's like a giant speed sign on the spiritual fucking, whatever you call that one in German, the Autobahn. Just dirt, dirt. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. What happened? Let up on the gas. <laughs> Let it coast to a dead end stop. A dead stop. And get out. <laughs> Maybe you are what you've been looking for the whole time. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's worth that wager. Seriously. Because in this room, I'd imagine there's hundreds of years of looking for what we are from what we're not. <laughs> Obviously, ending up in this little room in Marin City with the tinge of ammonia, you, you mustn't still think you haven't, you, you haven't found it yet. <laughs> so let's use the ammonia like a spelling salt. <laughs> Come to the fact that we're inherently awake right now. <laughs> the inherent awakeness doesn't listen to any volitional spin we try to put on it. I'm going to see whatever is out there if my eyes are open. <laughs> it doesn't matter, oh, I'm not going to see this kind of bird today. I'm going to see woodpeckers. No, it's, I'm going to see whatever bird shows up. Because <laughs> my field of vision isn't based on me, obviously. Yeah, Consciousness is in contact. Consciousness, not Paul. Consciousness is in contact. So what's actually, if you want to call what's living here, it's consciousness. It isn't Paul. Paul is an idea that comes after conscious contact, that says that it's before conscious contact, really, that it's the one who's conscious. That little robbery, though seemingly so small, that little move in time, that which comes after the idea of you, is before the doer of all things, yeah, is the basis of all the magic trick, really. And that's what Ramana tries to inform us with the presupposing a non-existent thing. This is a non-existing thing without animation, yeah? So the non-existent thing gets this, gets this confused. It's not really, it's dreaming, so. The animation, yeah, takes itself to be the thing that's being animated, yeah? Or let's just say the hand that's moving the glove takes itself to be the glove. So now all the movements of the hand are attributed to the glove. And now the glove becomes the interpretive starting point of the whole life. So if the glove is rough, everything you touch is gonna to be rough. The, the softest freaking thing in the world 
translated through a rough glove is going to be seen as rough, yes? So here's the hand animating the glove. It's not happy with this life because it read scriptures about the, the softness of rose petal, you know, petals or baby's asses. It doesn't want to walk around touching too many baby's asses, be arrested for something. But you know what I mean? It's, and sorry, time, it doesn't translate. It's beautiful poems of the exquisiteness, softness. What? Well, feels like everything else feels like. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So then, okay, this should be sufficient for the hand to come out of the glove. But the hand is identified as a glove. So now, this is how the system thwarts your, like, innocent, naive, sincere desire for things to be different, right? Now the glove tries to get out of the glove. You're identified so much with the glove, now you realize, I gotta get out of this glove, but you're attempting to get out of it as the glove, which is captured by the statement recovery, self can't get out of self. The glove can't get out of the glove, yeah? Exactly, so the glove can't get out of the glove. So the first thing is, all right, this glove life isn't working really, you know what I mean? Or you just hear some possibilities, you put up with such shit and someone realizes, hey, you don't have to put up with that, what? And they start questioning the glove, but has the glove. So you're still stuck in the system. So now you're trying to get out of the glove, but you wanna be the glove to experience being out of the glove. Yeah. Instead of realizing you're not the glove, and then the hand would just pull out, now the hand may have to go back in. But now there's a realization that it's, by seeing what the glove is, it realizes I'm not that, and it gets the sense of being a hand, all the while seemingly appearing to be the glove. Yes? So now the glove reinforces the hand just by gloving. If the hand has the eyes to see, the gloving is constantly, everything gets interpreted roughly because it's fabric, yes? Everything, 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 everything. Or in our view, self-centeredness, everything is interpreted as how it pertains to me. Yeah, everything. So everything is the same, same, just as, yeah? The me is very, very myopic, very small view, yeah? It's right on the situation so you can't see what's happening, yeah? And there's no lifting up because if you try to lift it up, it's part of this. Self can't get out of self. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. Yes, you can't use mind to seek mind. These are, these are warnings these masters have put out there with the hopes that when they are, and they're not, there's not 800 pages of description. It's a very simple hit. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. There's not like 800 pages of commentary. It's just an imitation. So you like spiritual shoes store, this is one of them. You put it on, hey, wait a minute. It feel, feels like it fits. It explains a lot of your life. Hey, I've been using what I am to search for what I am. What an insane freaking idea. <laughs> Why not see what I'm not and then I find out what I am, yeah? Instead of trying to find what I am by, from what I'm not, because you can't find what's not lost. You see, that's the dilemma here. The necklace has never gone anywhere. You can have a story you lost it, and a story you found it, but it didn't change the fact it was never lost, therefore it can't, does not have the possibility of being found, because it's never been lost. Yeah, you see the beauty of it? So the relief is inherently available because we think the relief comes from finding it based on the, you know, on the, on the fact that we lost it. That's where the relief lies. 
And the relief is so fleeting, most of the time there's the, the suffering of its absence, and then maybe you get a big hit. I found it, but probably only they'll seem to lose it again, which happens in a lot of these things, yeah? So this way it cuts it off, because you don't have the relief of finding it because you never lost it, but you have something other than that, which is like stabilized fucking peace, yeah? Because there's no, it's, there's not the agitation. So here's the agitation. I've lost it, contraction, relief, I found it, expansion. None of this, that doesn't happen because it's always available at all times, yeah? So the salvation from an imaginary thing would be inherently always available, wouldn't it? Because it's an imaginary thing you're seeking salvation from, yeah? If, if my salvation is based on something's absence, if it's absent is inherent, then my salvation is always available. I mean, I don't know. Am I insane? I just, just that's how the rocks tumble down the hill. You know what I mean? I don't see it. They don't go this way or up. They just tumble down a certain way. If I'm trying to get re-salvation for an imaginary thing, and then I, I'm set straight and realize I'm not that imaginary thing, then the salvation is based on from the imaginary thing. And if it's an imaginary thing, then I'm, the peace from it is always available <laughs> because it was never there to begin with. It's been me the whole time. Yeah? So every time you catch the thief and you call it me, hmm, <laughs> the thief has run of the house. But then you see it, you, you see you're not the me that you're calling it, then you catch both of them. You catch the policeman and the thief, because the whole system is corrupt. You can't just catch the thief, because the policeman is the thief. Both, yeah, they change roles. You catch the whole gig, you catch the whole corruptness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And what suddenly appears, seemingly, tells you it's always appeared. It's always been so. It doesn't suddenly appear. The, the translation from here is it suddenly appeared, but it overrides this translation and it tells you it's always been this way, which is not what this wants to hear. Now, it doesn't mind if it appears to it because it knows it's going to disappear to it. <laughs> it's, it's safe with that. It can have very high-level spiritual experiences. It doesn't. It's not scared by that. Yeah, it does. It's not. It don't let you go fucking stand on your head for twelve hours, have all the blood rush by. You'll be fucking feeling tons of shit. Yeah, for sure. Does that mean anything? No, not really. <laughs> but to see. <laughs> catch it really it doesn't have any pants it's like the emperor has no clothes you just see it it's naked and it's driven by a sense of constant anxiety because it knows it's not real <laughs> it does it knows it doesn't exist and it's the last thing it wants you to find out <laughs> That's the essence for me of entertaining non-duality, is you see the system itself, rooted back to dualism, subject-objectness right here, is, as the guy exclaimed in the famous faith mind in Zen, not two, 
he saw, yes, so it says, hey, listen, you don't have to seek this truth, just stop cherishing your own opinions. <laughs> That's what it says. He keeps, he, he keeps calling you off the hunt to look at the hunter and say, it's the hunter that's creating the hunt. <laughs> so see what you're not. Hey, and yell out, not to. Yeah. So I'm not this or that. I'm not subject object. I'm not da 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 da. I'm not connected, disconnected. I'm not lost nor found. Yes. I'm not at the beginning or closer to the end. All of this is just, it's just a, a magic trick with the hands of time, like a clock. Yes. It's just, you're not that. You're not that. You are the seeing of everything. Yeah. But that which is seen can't be seen. That's when you give up the ghost. Yeah. The system really, the system knows when it's hit its ceiling. It does. When, when it realizes its, its limit, its limits, which it has many, there's, there's a something, I don't know what it would call it, but it's like a, the machinery itself exhales. It just goes, and then a relaxation comes over it. Because it's not like the slinky going up the stairway to heaven, you know, with Led Zeppelin playing. You know, it doesn't have its force. It's going the other way. <laughs> That's, there it has momentum. It's not doing this. <laughs> so it's like, ah. And then this suddenly, in my own experience, what flooded in was acceptance for what I'm not. Because there was never going to be a found acceptance if this is what I am. It would need a lot of fucking improvement constantly. Yeah? If this is what I am, fuck. <laughs> Let me get down to work, man. Because this thing's got a lot of blind spots. You know what I mean? I can, I'm amazed I even made it this far on the highway of life. So let's pull over and get every manual until I figure out what kind of car I am. Toyota, spiritual, Buddhist, fucking bhakti, raja, <laughs> which one? Let's get on with the improving. But when I saw I wasn't this, it, it found acceptance, really. Acceptance became sort of an atmospheric change. Yeah, this got accepted finally with all its limitations and all its inadequacies and all of its whatever's, you know, its pluses and minuses. It's just, uh, it's really not worthy of all the attention and interests we're putting into it, really. It does better with less attention and interest, really. It does. It's, it, it's sort of like, doesn't want to be on one of those re reality shows that it, the camera's always on it. It's just too much. It's going to do a lot of embarrassing fucking things. You know what I mean? It's, it's just going to be, you know, it's, it's just, yeah. Anyone would, if you just watch like 12 hours of any action figure, you, you know, they, oh, I thought he was a master. Nope, 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 nope. You know, you, they'd all be off the Game Boy. <laughs> the spiritual monopoly Game Boy. Eiffel Tower, no, doesn't care if they have Shanti names or whatever, they'd be out. Yeah. Because the action figure is an action figure. Yeah. It's inconsiderate. It doesn't see how things apply to it. There's maybe a sense of entitlement. Yeah. You know? And you know what? I think the greatest work done to it is not by it, really. 
the greatest work done to it is not going to be by it. Yeah. I would say this is more of an expression or an observation of change. I don't think it's a source of change. I think this can be changed a lot, and a lot of the stuff you think needed to be changed probably doesn't need to actually be changed because it's quite useful in whatever some other choreographer has in mind, really. Yeah. You're going to be put to use. You're going to be in certain moments where there could be no one other than you there for someone to hear something. And maybe that's all the whole life is about, really, is a communication of mind with mind. You know, maybe that's our whole purpose here. Who has no, who knows? Who knows how? So, uh, but I do know hmm, a lot of paths that I was on were incorrect. They weren't leading me out of anywhere. They were leading me more into something that wanted to get out of everywhere. Really, yeah. It just fundamentally didn't work. And it didn't have to go on any longer, really. Because I heard the message. The message infected me. And I just entertained it from then on, seriously. And I cannot believe the amount of relief it has allowed to stabilize. Yeah. It's allowed this figure that had a very difficult time not being in jail every week, really, to travel much lighter through this life. You can't even have a gratitude list about it. It's way too bigger than that. You know, it's just changed fundamentally everything, in a way. Yeah? And the, the redistribution of attention and interest, you couldn't have done it with a hundred soldiers. They would have put it in the wrong thing. It just took a lot of the interest and attention out of unnecessary pursuits and just brought it back to now and here so that it's used to enrich itself and others. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so. So non-duality, I hope it doesn't seem to be a path to you. I really hope not. I hope it doesn't seem to be a life calling. I hope it doesn't seem to demand you trying to integrate it into ordinary life. It doesn't need, context doesn't need to be integrated here. Let context be context. <laughs> yeah. <What>? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you want to bring a little light into the whole field of life? Yeah, just let it do what it's doing. But this will just clear up a lot of stuff because this is a fact. There is, there is no two. There is no subject-object. It's dreaming. Dreaming dreams itself through subject-object. That's how it sees itself. It takes to be a subject, which you take to be an object, and I take <laughs> you to be an object, where there it's taken to be the subject. So we're all playing the roles all day, subject-object, subject-object, and it's just a declaration that that's not true. That's all. Yeah? Why wouldn't that... I don't see it as scary at all. Could you imagine if... Because, you know, sometimes the biggest problem of a huge engine is like one little nut, you know? One little cog is off. Maybe just its timing, throwing the whole thing off. Just a simple correction, and then you see how it runs. And by its running, or like Jesus says, by its fruits you'll know the tree, you know? 
And to me, this whole act of being identified as what you're not, I think, is the rudimentary transfer from the of to the in. And we become unclear about what's of, what we're of, and what we're in. As Jesus says, you know, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Yeah? I think we've gotten very, we think the in is the of. And then the of, we're trying to find in the in. It doesn't work that way. We're not of this place that we seem to be in. Yeah? So, I think that's a simple correction, isn't it? So you stop looking for the of and the in, yeah? And you stop using the in to look for the of. You just see you're not in, and then you'll find out what you're of, yeah? And then it will appear to be you're in. But now you'll have a sense of being the of. Instead of looking for it, in the in, you'll bring it to the in. You'll be the carrier of it into the in, yeah? Yeah, and to me, it's like a horse in front of the cart, finally. Things make sense. Like Zen, they'd say, you know, you'll see blue is blue and red is red. Things will be clearer, yes? And in, those, in that clarity, it will authenticate, authenticate, basically, with no need. It doesn't need to be, but it will authenticate itself through your own observation. You'll, you're on to something, like an unspoken yes. Yeah. It doesn't need a megaphone. It really doesn't. It doesn't need advertising, it doesn't need a lot of material to back it up, it just is. And you'll get a sense of it, you will. How can you not? Yeah. The only reason why we're not getting a sense of it is we're looking for it with it. Yeah. So when that's corrected, you can pretty much be, you know, rest assured you've got a sense of presence. Yeah. You've been calling it something else maybe, but it's of us. Yeah. That presence isn't in, it's of us. Yeah, yeah, so, any questions today? No? Great, oh, jeez. That was a quick window. Oh, oh. I've heard this reference of the children of the barren woman, and I don't remember where it was, do you remember where it was? Yes, it's from Hinduism. They, we're all children of a barren woman, right. which is, how could that possibly be? Yeah. That's what it's telling you. Nobody was born. We're all children of a barren woman. Yes. Nobody was born. Yes. It's dreaming. Yes? yes? That's what it means, at least to me. Okay. It's a beautiful way of saying it. So yeah, we're all children. Well, it seems our experience totally supports that. But of a barren woman. Well, wait a minute, how could we be? <laughs> so hopefully it throws a little bit of like uh, clear questioning on the system. That's all they're trying to do. Yeah. Why, why do you think it's so important to some of these masters to try to get this across? And they don't try to get it across with 800 pages. It's usually a zinger, like a great cosmic comedian. They just <laughs> whack you because of the the role that we're playing as the dreaming. We can override what is as what is. We can override it here in time. And I think that's what we're doing, actually. So, so what we seem to be, not what we really are, what we seem to be are children of the barren woman. What we appear to be, what we really are, is beyond all of it. 
Well, let's say, just yeah. hear what you just it's said. All right, so we, we seem to be children of a barren mother. That just negated the whole thing. A barren mother couldn't have children. Yeah. <laughs> so you just negated your whole self. Yeah, that's beautiful, really. Yeah, I feel like a child of a barren mother. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> the mother's barren, so maybe I should question being the child, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mom! <laughs> no, I'll put it on me. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> so if the fact is she's a barren mother, then the fact of you being a child maybe should be questioned. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of you taking yourself to be the fact and then questioning, are you barren? <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're taking the appearance to be the fact and then questioning the, the fact that there is no cause of the appearance. Yes. Yeah? Uh, so just switch it around. I have total faith. His, his or her take that there's a barren mother, therefore I'm questioning the idea that I'm a child. Yes. Yeah, that would be a pretty good direction to go. Instead of going, I want to know where's the test? Is she <laughs> keep verifying that you're a child? A child? Yeah. See, that's the same thing. We're looking for what we are from what we're not. That's the dilemma. What we're not assumes that it's us and it just assumes away that it's us and then when it goes into a memory it has verification I, I, it's been us since all these times and uh, gonna be us in the future so it assumes a position of of alpha omega-ness that it doesn't derive from its own juice it's it's inferred or implied or supposed yeah and then it speaks from its point of view so its point of view would be fucking questioning the barrenness of the mother. I know she's fucking fertile. I'm a child. Yeah? It's, you see the stubbornness of it? Instead of hearing it from the bar hey, a barren mother, hey, so wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe I'm not a child. <laughs> yeah. See, this is the whole movement. It's always a little switcheroo. Yeah. Just reminds me of um, Sri Ramakrishna, his his book about his life, and he had this vision. He was at the Ganga, sitting on the bank of the Ganga, yeah, yeah. and then suddenly he had this vision. A, a pregnant woman came out from the river, and was beautiful and smiling at him, and he gave birth in front of him, and as the baby was out, he started to eat. She started to eat up her own children, her yeah. tribe. And then when she finished, she smiled at Ramakrishna and she disappeared back into the river. And I thought that's just such a beautiful image. Except for the shit, baby. <laughs> 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 except for who? Except for the shit. The shit. See, I saw that in India when I was there once. I had an overlay in uh, Chennai, I think. And so I had to stay the night. So I went out of my hotel and I was walking down the street and there's a lot of people live on the sidewalks, you know, mm -hmm. like giant families. And this one group, they were all brown, brown skin, brown clothes, everything one, like a monotone of color. 
and there was a picture of this little girl, brown, with brown clothes on, taking a shit, and a dog, a brown dog, was eating it as it was coming out of her ass. And I just went, I think I've had enough. <laughs> I went into a church, really. That was not fun. I just sat there for a while. Just let that image bang around in there. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and then I uh, went back to the hotel and stayed in the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I just that's what I just saw when you're describing that. The kid had no idea. The dog was, it was just amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not my western my western uh Civility wasn't doing well on it. <laughs> of course, I saw it as what I'm not. So. Well, I've seen it many times yeah. in, in, uh, in India, that, that in the early in the morning when dead bodies were floating on the ground, yeah. sorry, uh, the dogs in the morning, they shoot into the water and they're eating up the dead bodies. Yeah, they are. The yeah. dogs eat everything. Yeah, they will. And they're hungry. That's why I say you think his dog loves you. If you pass away, he's going to eat you in about eight hours. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> this is how it goes here. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I look at the cat, don't you. <laughs> don't you. It's waiting. <laughs> if I don't move, it's like, no. Catch him. No. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think cats would not eat you. Oh, I think they would. <laughs> but they are hungry for sure. Of course, why wouldn't they? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any animal would. Probably your little guinea pigs if they could see you. They're <laughs> trying to get something off you. They probably. All right, well, that's it. <laughs> Let's end on that. <laughs>